0: As part of our church's 175th celebration, uh, we know we're called to be a beacon of light and love and justice and joy in downtown Richmond and across the world. And we've designated today, as a part of this 175th anniversary, Interfaith Sunday. We know that just as God has blessed this church with a rich history, God has also great plans for us. A plan for the future that fully engages us in the world and in our complex culture. God's work certainly calls us to connections and partnerships with our Jewish and our Muslim sisters and brothers and also with other faith traditions. This is important work that we do Together. Today, we mark this service with some special guests. We have with us uh, Rabbi Michael Knopf from Temple Bethel here in Richmond and Imam Amar Amanet from the Islamic Center of Virginia, also in Richmond. Listen to this text from the Gospel according to Matthew. It's a story about Jesus. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, They gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In our ever-changing world, and especially in Metro Richmond, where we live and seek to serve our neighbors, absolutely include our inner faith friends. Jesus says, love God, love your neighbors. Too often, one of the ways that Christians have responded to multi-faith issues and multi-faith questions is to race to certain texts of Scripture that affirm the prominence or maybe the exclusiveness of Christ there are lots of these texts like John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only son everyone who believes in him will have eternal life or John 14:6 I'm the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me we assume that these simple texts give us a claim to superiority we've assumed that far too long and we've been given permission, perhaps, not to be related to our sisters and brothers who believe differently. This perspective is not only unfortunate, it is unfaithful, and it's wrong. Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor. It's likely, if we are fortunate, to have good friends, coworkers, maybe a doctor, a nurse, a next-door neighbor, people who are part of our network, who belong to the Jewish or Muslim or Hindu or other faith traditions. What a gift that is to our lives. So as we think about moving into the future as a church family, we know that these interfaith connections will enrich us and deepen us as we seek to be faithful people. I love the way theologian and writer Houston Smith puts it. God is defined in Jesus. That's a bold statement. But Smith also adds a very important corollary. God is not confined to Jesus. God is at work in many areas, many people, many faiths, and we are all always seeking to experience God and serve God with our very lives The best way that I know how to do that is following Jesus and it involves loving God and loving our neighbors especially those who are different from us. Some of you have heard me talk often about Jonathan Sachs who served for a very long time as the chief rabbi of the United Kingdom. Sachs has written some of the best books that I've ever read and Sachs likes to talk about the gap. The gap between the is and and the ought. What we know very well is that not everything that is, is good. Not all that is done is right. We can control many things, but finally we're not in control. So, while we trust that all will be well in God's purposes and in God's time, we know that today, in our lives, in our city, in our world, all is not yet well, and that's the gap, the gap between the is and the ought. That means that as God's people, we imagine a world that's different from what is now and has been in the past, and because we can imagine that world, God's peace, God's shalom, God's justice, God's light, we can live and act in a way as to look for it and work for it and bring it about. This is the very thing that makes our faith world-transforming rather than world-accepting. We keep living and we keep working for God's purposes. We keep acting as if God is in charge. This is what may get us out of the bed every day. This is what helps us live useful, purposeful, faithful lives because We know about God, and we know about God's plans for the whole world. We're actually moved to some specific things. We strive for God's justice. We seek to embody God's shalom. And we affirm that as God's servants, agents, we are called to work for a better world. And we do it best with faithful people in other traditions. Jesus says, love God, love your neighbor. Almost 50 years ago, writing from a Birmingham jail, this is what Martin, Martin Luther King said in the face of great trial and great difficulty. He says, and I quote, human progress never rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of people willing to be co-workers with God. We must use time creatively in the knowledge that the time is ripe always to do what is right. Love God. Love neighbor. And we do this best with our interfaith partners. Thanks be to God. So glad to share this service this morning with my good friends Michael and Amar. We'll hear from each of them uh, some comments now.
1: Well, thank you everyone for having me here today. It's uh, really, a pleasure to uh, congratulate Second Presbyterian Church on their 175th anniversary. What an amazing achievement! And thank you all for um, for reaching out to our community and including us in your vision of faith and and works for good here in Richmond, Virginia. It's our pleasure to be part of it. Uh, A lot of people probably have very little understanding of what Islam is. Islam seems like some kind of exotic, foreign uh, uh, entity, and unfortunately, in the world we live in today, um, people want to quickly uh, limit and define uh, others, and very often Muslims are going to get limited and defined into a category that is uh, not productive for Uh, working together as partners within the community, unfortunately. Uh, The main characteristic, I think, that defines Islamic faith is a sort of absolute adherence to monotheism. Uh, What we would call monotheism would mean uh, oneness, the oneness of God, and when Muslims say that. They mean that God is entirely holy and divine and unique. Uh, Everything else, that's all of us and everything, is part of multiplicity or duality. And so oneness belongs to God. So as human beings, what unites us? We are diverse in nature, but we're united when we're in harmony with God, when we live or strive to do the will of God and the purposes of God on earth, that brings about unity uh, or brotherhood or a sense of community or common purpose. Without working for God or with God, then we are naturally divided and separated. And so the Quran tells us, nasu wahida," that all human beings were one community that is, in, in our original state, we were united. And God Almighty sent to us the prophets and messengers and revealed to us the scriptures so that they could judge between us in our disputes. But after the human beings received divine guidance, after they had a clear understanding, as the Quran said, بينا, clear understanding of God's purposes, Then they chose to divide and separate from each other out of mutual hatred. That is, it's not the divine will that divides and separates us. It's our mutual hatred that we have a jealousy or envy toward one another. And so we choose to fight each other. And in doing so, we are... um, rebelling against God's purposes for the human being here on earth. As an imam, of course, I give a weekly address at the mosque at the Islamic Center of Virginia on Fridays. And it's a traditional part of the Friday address. There are certain verses of the Quran that are are commonly um, recited. And one of the uh, verses that is recited every week is, it begins, Inna Allah ya'amru bil adli that truly God commands justice and excellent behavior. And so it's part of Islam that the only way that we can follow God's will for humanity is standing up as witnesses for justice and fairness in the community. How do we restore peace? How do we uh, bring safety and security to our communities? How do we bring economic uh, prosperity, political stability? It's by treating others the way that you wish to be treated, the universal commandment of all of God's prophets and messengers revealed in all of God's scriptures. And so as Muslims, it's our duty To work together to restore unity uh, among the diverse community in which we reside by working together with our partners for what is just and fair for everyone. That is God's law. Some people have heard uh, Sharia law or or the Islamic law, and they have, of course, sometimes really bizarre ideas of what that may be. uh, one of the best definitions as, divine, as defined by one of the great Muslim scholars Ibn qayyim about uh, almost 700 or 800 years ago, that everything that is justice and fairness, mercy and love, that is God's law. And everything that is against justice, against mercy, against God's love, that is against God's law. And so by Uh, having a measurement for our belief in scriptures, in the outcome of what is just and fair, what is loving and merciful, we can measure our progress in faith as Muslims and as uh, brothers and sisters in unity, working together for faith here in Richmond and all over the world. Thank you again for having me uh, this morning. Uh, Thank you again, Alex Evans, uh, for inviting me and uh, peace be
2: upon you. Good morning, dear friends. It is an honor to be with you today to celebrate Second Presbyterian's 175th anniversary in downtown Richmond, an extraordinary milestone and an incredible achievement, and to share some brief reflections with you all It says so much of who Second Presbyterian is as a community and who Pastor Evans is as a spiritual leader that you've chosen to mark this occasion with a celebration of the relationships and partnerships you all have formed across the religious spectrum. Just last week, Jewish communities began reading anew the biblical story of creation at the beginning of the book of Genesis learning once again the shared assertion of our two traditions that God created human beings in the divine image. Not only does this teaching mean that, from the Torah's perspective, every human being is equal in worth and infinite in dignity, it also insists that diversity is God's glory. The Talmud, the great compilation of ancient Jewish law and lore, commented on this teaching, saying the first human being was created alone to tell of the greatness of the Holy Blessed One. Since when a human stamps several coins with one seal, they are all similar to each other. But the Supreme Sovereign of Sovereigns, the Holy Blessed One, stamped all people with the seal of the first human, and not one of them is similar to another. In other words, even as each of us is unique, we all bear God's image and it is precisely our individuality that proclaims God's greatness. Quite apart from ideologies and traditions that claim to hold a monopoly on truth and which assert their own supremacy, our shared traditions hold as fundamental the belief that human diversity proclaims God's majesty. Ideological and religious pluralism is, in this sense, a sacrament. Honoring the dignity, the beauty, and the wisdom of other peoples, other traditions, and other ideologies is a holy act. And conversely, it means that diminishing or degrading others, contending that yours is the only path to righteousness or the only way of serving the divine, is a sin of the highest order. This just makes good religious sense. Why would God have made humanity so wonderfully diverse if God wanted us all to be the same? But Jewish tradition, as I understand it, encourages us to go even further than simply respecting other points of view. We are to actively seek out other perspectives and learn from them. Rabbinic tradition asks, Who is wise? And answers, the one who learns from every person. Who therefore is foolish? The one who refuses to learn from anyone who is different from themselves. Perhaps that's why the most significant and influential Jewish texts are in fact chronicles of debate, records of arguments which are rarely authoritatively resolved. And even when they are, minority opinions are presented alongside accepted positions. Discerning truth or knowing God may be among the goals of any religious tradition, but Judaism insists that the way to accomplish this is through respectful and productive debate, with diversity being the prerequisite. I can say with the utmost conviction that, as a person, as a Jew, And as a rabbi, I have been so thoroughly enriched by learning with and from other traditions. My relationships with people of other faiths have nourished, challenged, and inspired me. Encountering different points of view, appreciating and learning from the beauty and wisdom of other cultures, befriending people who think and live differently than I do, has provided me and provides us with perspectives we may not have considered before, pushes us to examine the foundations of our own beliefs, and helps us refine our own understandings. Arguably, it is this country's pluralism that has contributed to its historic, unique ingenuity and progress. It is without a doubt that our country's commitment to freedom of conscience has made my community's experience in America unique in Jewish history. Additionally, Jewish tradition holds that the perfection of the world, or tikkun olam, is one of our most basic responsibilities. Different traditions may call this value by different names, and we may understand and practice some of its particulars differently. But the belief that we are obligated to repair the world is one that many of us share. That's not only a meaningful point of commonality, something that we can understand and appreciate about one another. It's also a call, a challenge for us all, because we can none of us complete the task of perfecting the world unless we are all of us committed to it. After all, we share this world. As Dr. Martin Luther King wrote from a Birmingham jail, we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly, affects all indirectly. I can't repair my world without also repairing your world. You can't repair your world without also repairing my world. Ultimately, this sacred work, this basic and crucial obligation of each of our traditions requires us to work together for its achievement. If we wish to see a world free from division and strife, in which every person sees herself as inescapably interconnected with everyone else, a society of inclusion, justice, and unity that embodies God's fundamental oneness, then we must see each other as partners in the work of building that world and join together to see it through. It's impossible to overstate the significance of this message for this moment. These past months, under the shadow of the coronavirus pandemic, have reminded us how profoundly interconnected we all are how deeply dependent we are, all of us, on one another. And these past several years have been a time of unprecedented upheaval. This moment calls upon us to renew our affirmation that God has made every human being infinite in dignity, equal in worth, and beautiful in our diversity. That our difference proclaims God's greatness, and that honoring and learning from each other is ultimately what makes each and all of us great. This moment challenges us to recommit ourselves to the work of repairing the world, and to the necessity of engaging in this work in partnership with each other, across all lines of difference. Only together can we pursue this righteous work building a better world for ourselves and for our children after us. Congratulations once again on reaching this wonderful milestone, as we say in the Jewish community. Mazel Tov! May you and may we all go from strength to strength.